Tutorial Podcast, a podcast offering discussions and tutorials on nerdy subjects for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today is myself, your nerdy tutor, George, and with me also here today as well, my own Falcon, my mom. Well, you know, and, and the neat thing is I love watching, I actually love watching falcons. They're really cool birds, right? Yeah, we get a lot of them around here. So we're coming back from watching the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which, you know, what we have to kind of keep in mind about Falcon and the Winter Soldier is that this was originally intended on being what started Phase 4. Uh, this was supposed to come out first before WandaVision at all. Um, and kind of meant to set, set the tone for um, the events that go forward after this. So it's interesting that... Is there an after this? There's quite a bit of after this. Oh, cool. There's a little, you know, I guess. They're going to expand on... Okay. So, yeah, so they are going to expand on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier here. They're, they're ex- an interesting duo. Well, they're actually making a movie on, you know, on the Falcon and Winter Soldier here as well. So a brand new movie. Cool. Yes. Um, and then as well, this week we are we are recording this on June twelfth. We just had the first episode of Loki. Did not watch. I watched these six episodes. So I... no, 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 yeah, no, no. Loki will be its own episode. There's a lot going on, and for me to properly explain it, almost feels like we have he to. He time travels. Yes, the trailers a, are very clear on this. Yes, there's a there's a lot of. It's not that he time travels. No, there's a different element going on there. Um, but to talk about that would be to spoil some of the cool stuff that's going to be happening. Seems kind of like Hermione's. Uh, yes, very much. Twister. Oh yes, the time turner. I, yeah. I so want one of those so badly. Well, I lobbied for the twenty-six hour day, and God said no. I could... I, I'd take the extra two hours here at the end of yeah. the day. I can certainly use them in people, some days. Well, other people would use them for me, but mm-hmm. yeah. So what I wanted to do here today is that while we primarily covered the Falcon and the Winter Soldier here last week, there's some other characters that make important moves inside the story here of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And trying not to spoil the majority of them here, but... Well, I think we can talk about characters because they're cool characters mm-hmm. um, without maybe maybe spoiling the storyline. No, no, no. And that, and that will be the intention. Because the storyline is cool. Oh, yeah. And, and that will very much be an intention here, is to avoid doing the storyline here. So we'll talk about the first major, major character of John Walker. Yeah. A.K.A. Can I, can I ask him and seem stupid, did he have a backstory in the MCU? Because I wasn't aware of him. No. Okay. As, far as, so we were, as far as we were aware of in the MCU, he was some nameless grunt. Okay. You know, some sort of, you know, of semi-nameless, you know, like army ranger... You know that had proven himself at that point. Well, he has three three medals of honor. Mm-hmm. So, we mean not that we have heard of necessarily. Okay. Uh, so John Walker, also known as Captain America, the new Captain America, the new- and 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 the stress during the you know to is without spoiling anything, the stress really is. Um, Steve turned it down. Falcon turned it down. Falcon turned it down. Yeah. I'm sorry. Falcon turned it down. Mm-hmm. Sam Wilson turned the... Sam, Sam. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Turned it down. And and um, with good cause. I mean, I understand his reasoning. Yeah. I mean, like, it's it's Falcon, you know, Sam, the, Sam Wilson, the Falcon here, I think, I think does a somewhat of an honorable thing at the end of the day by turning down the role. Um, you know, I, you know, at a certain point here in time... You know, 
He gets explicit about it in the fifth episode. Yeah, I mean, he does get very explicit about it here at the end of the day. I mean, even actually going into, I think, the end of the second or third episode, where he's having that conversation with um, with uh, Bucky here, like, they have that very kind of intense moment here. And I like I like something that I like something that gets said from Bucky here, but I won't spoil it at all. Because um, we're trying, we would like you guys to enjoy this for. for... It is. It has a. It has a worthy storyline. Mm-hmm. It has a really worthy storyline, and and I don't want to spoil it, but. Um, I think it's actually the storyline we needed last year too. It is well. I mean, and I will say. Okay, without spoiling. Mm-hmm. I get it. It does feel, I mean... Look at the reaction to having a black aerial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, I mean, I, there's a lot of people very much up in arms. I'm actually very excited. I'm, I'm very. I, I'm actually very excited to see a lot of it here. Um, you know, and I would be very curious of, you know, what does that look like here at the end of the day? You know, like, Eric's also going to be black as well, so I'm very curious of what, you know, this world looks like from that perspective because i think it's a very important perspective that gets shown at the end of the day um and i without giving too much away i mean like i think this marvel property is a lot more racially charged mm-hmm. and a lot more you know in that particular nature here than i think others have had the opportunity to well be. i Even, mean straight up I mean, we we meet sam's sister mm-hmm. sarah and um and we get to know uh, you know get to know that background a bit and um, and there's some very candid, um, I think, dialogue about race. Oh, absolutely. That I mean, is that is is seems to me to be you know sitting here in my my white person suit um, <laughs> seems seems to be dead on. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even without giving too much away here, there's a scene in which the Falcon and the Winter Soldier are arguing with each other in broad, you know, just kind of in public here, and rather than like address the pair of them that you know a pair of cops come and they address falcon and it's not until one of them realizes who he is it's just like oh oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. but that's that's you know, and that's really early on yeah and that, that's like second episode so, yeah you know and it's just one of those things where you're just like you know didn't realize who you were didn't realize who i will you treat were. you differently now that i know yes yeah it yeah no there's there's some very there's some very poignant um Commentary that's being Comment, taken. Commentary that's being placed. Mm-hmm. The other thing you have is um, it is it is the classic buddy duo. Yep, it's very much a buddy cop for, sort of film here, where yeah. neither of them like each other. I, I tend to liken it to oh, there was one movie with Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte. Yeah, very you much. Know, yeah, they were like they did not get along with each other. This is a perfect sort of like situation there. It's you know, and and it's a little little lethal, lethal weapon ish. Um, mm-hmm. It it it's very much a, a sort of a buddy cop thing. They they need each other. Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily under they kind of understand each other actually because they're both they're both Avengers. But um, but but they're very different. What it feels like is it's it's it feels like Cap was the in between for both of them. Yeah. And now that he was the translator and the translator's gone. Yeah. Now that Steve Rogers isn't there anymore, you know they're literally grinding gears. You know, almost up until the very end. Eh, the episode by the time you get to episode five, they're kind of on. The, they're on the same page, page, at least. Yeah. Yeah, they're on the same page. They're mm-hmm. they're they're together. They um, think they describe themselves as coworkers and acquaintances, not uh, friends. 
But they skirt around it. They skirt around it. Yeah. So, um, although they end up being tight, mm-hmm. it's a. I mean, it's a good. It's a good friction. Oh no! Yeah, they're no, it's both, a very enjoyable both, friction. They're, they're both very much on the same side. They just have different ways of getting there, mm-hmm. and and Sam is always wanting to be about working it out. Yes, he is about working it out, and and um, and the Winter Soldier's a little uh, more. Just get it done. Let's just do it. Well, the real person who's just get it done. Let's get it do it. Is is our new new John Walker? Yep. Our oh, new Captain America. Oh gosh. Um, so let me paint this picture for you of where this character comes from in the comics. Okay. So, um, as we've talked about before, a common occurrence, probably at least once every decade, is that Cap gives up the shield and the mantle of the of Captain America. Breathes some new life. Yeah, well, not necessarily even new life. In a lot of cases, he feels like either he isn't worthy of the title right now or that he doesn't jive with what's going on politically with the U.S. government. Because at the end of the day, you know, he is a soldier at the end of the day. He's a part of the military government. He just happens to be the military government-sponsored Avenger, I guess, is maybe the best way to put it at the end of the day. Uh, I mean, like, it's kind of hard to not represent the government on a certain level. He represents the United States. Yeah, when your literal name and your costume is modeled after the flag. The flag, yeah. So, um, so in this, so in this particular case here, um, Cap gives up the title uh, due to some of the issues he's going on is partly because of government corruption. Doesn't agree with them. You know, he gives up the title here, um, and just gets referred to as Cap, as mm-hmm. the captain. Um, and then a new individual by the name of John Walker, who had previously been working for the U.S. government as a superhero as well, um, you know, takes over the role as Captain America. And this guy used to be in special ops the, in, in, in the MCU, series. Yeah, in the MCU, he was a special ops kind of guy here, and yeah. he was just like the best of the best of the best of the best, you know, kind of people Smartest, here. Smartest, bravest. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the MCU, he gets... Um, trained with the shield for a period of time and finds, you know, like, yeah, no, this guy is, this guy's going to be our guy. And he becomes the new Captain America with a brand new suit. That's a little confederately, confederately looking, maybe a brand new, like Amer, you know, a for the helmet and everything, you know, ditching the wings on the side. It's definitely a brand new look. It's an updated look. What, what I think is, what I think is interesting and and I think this goes back to um, why it matters who who Captain America is. Mm-hmm. He is very photogenic. He is blonde, blue-eyed, very white, crispy white, um, and um, he's got and the kind of right kind of voice. He's got the right kind of very. He's very PR. Mm-hmm. And in a social media age, that works out really well. That works out really well. He's he's down with signing autographs. And shaking people's hands, and um, and even seems to sort of sorts enjoy that a little too much, maybe. Too like much. He, like yeah. he enjoys the fame, and like he knows he has a job to do almost, but like it's almost secondary to just kind of like, wow, look how cool my life is right now. Yeah, there's so so from the from the get go. He's not a real sympathetic Captain America. It's I I I, I would disagree a little bit. I think okay. I, I think what you have here is that we have to remember that 
Steve Rogers literally was the best guy to be Captain America. Like right. we go if you and I actually watched um just this week here, I watched the first you know, Captain you know, Captain America, the first Avenger. Um and again, it's very much playing up this notion that, you know, like Steve Rogers is a good person, not just in the sense of that he is a decent, you know, kind person here, but he is the best possible good person at the end of the day. And then when you He's th- a person of character, of yeah, absolute character. Of absolute character. And, and how do you, how, and, and I guess this brings up the question, how do you judge somebody for I would say Sam is a person of absolute character. Mm-hmm. Which is why Steve I think I think gave the shield yeah, I, to I, Sam. I think he did give. I mean, I think at the very end of Endgame here, he did give the shield to Sam because he thought Sam would be the next best person if he lived up to Doctor. Um, and I apologize here. I have his name right here, Doctor Erkinstein or Erkines, um, who's the guy who created the Super Soldier. Right. He lived up to that. If that you know, ideals here was like just be a good man. Sam's got that. Sam's got that nailed down. I wonder, though, I think what really realistically does happen, and this does happen to the Captain America of the comics, uh, the John Walker's Captain America of the comics as well, is that he, you know, in the process of being Captain America, is really stressful for him. You know, like, the constant trying to live up to the ideals of Steve Rogers, the constant... You can't misstep. You can't misstep, you can't have any sort of, like, you know wrong opinion you got to be you know on your game 24 7 essentially you know and any failure is unacceptable especially from a military standpoint like failure is really not an option i think you give steve a little bit of credit because he has done so much at the end of the day and he's from world war ii now in the you know 80s 90s you know 2000s here like you give him some credit there but you have um in John Walker character here, you know, like even in the comics, he he is not as mentally fortified as Steve Rogers is. I guess is the best not way to put it. Well, and it's a lot. And remember, he's coming he's coming into it in a different age than Steve Roberts Rogers as well. Mm-hmm. He's coming into it in the social media age where everybody knows who you are. Steve, you know, yeah, pictures in the newspaper. And, and people knew who, knew who he was, but not everybody had a cell phone to take a selfie. And and um, and as much as 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 people saw what he did, it wasn't like it is now, where whatever you do is flashed across the world in no time flat. Especially if you're especially if you're going by the name of Captain America, America. right? So so adding to the stress that it would ordinarily be, I'm Captain America. I'm the symbol of what's perfect. Mm-hmm. And I mean, none of us can be perfect. No. Okay. So you're so, getting awfully close. Of course, I, I wish. <laughs> so, I mean, we all fuck up. I mean, that's just, mm-hmm. yeah. So so none of us are perfect, but he has to be because he's he's not just Captain America in the same way that Steve Rogers was. Mm-hmm. He's Captain America in the social media age. And, and that makes it different. Well, it makes that pressure all the more because everybody sees you, even your most personal moments. Mm-hmm. No, and I think in the way where the MCU version of John Walker here, you know, gets the job basically from a senator, you know, like it's not, it's not the army that's appointing him at the end of the day. It's a 
senator that's appointing him at the end of the day. You know, that's it's a, a lo- PR piece. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Wait, I mean, they they come out and say, and 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 in this, you know, I, I sat there. I always try to think. Okay, so what episodes could I live without and still get the gist of something? Mm-hmm. You got to go through the first episode because they talk about. I mean, they 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 have the conversation with with Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, I mean, the, it is openly said the world is having a problem adjusting, and we can move on to that one next. Oh, yeah. The world is having a problem adjusting, and we need heroes, people to believe in. This is and and it makes it very clear. This is as much a PR thing as it is anything else. We need a Captain America because. The world needs somebody it can it can look up to. And again, for the time in that particular series here, like the world is coming back from just literally like everyone returned from five years. They're ago. back from the blip. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I would not say it's similar to our own personal timeline here because I don't think I think that would be yeah. somewhat disingenuous. Yeah. Um, but for them, you know, like there's major, you know, upset in the world. Just you know that had happened five years ago that we lived through for five years is changing back. Yeah, you know? so for five years, the borders were open and people could go have a new life in... Va- wherever. Wherever. So vacated spots. Mm-hmm. Vacated homes. You know, In some places, you know, people bought these homes, you know, realizing, you know, that the people that had lived in it are gone now. Well, and, 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 and realize that, that in some ways, it echoes... That, that portion of it sort of echoes what happened in, in Germany and even in California. Mm-hmm. Um, during World War II, in which there were concentration camps, we had we had Japanese, deten- Japanese yeah. detention centers, same mm-hmm. sort of thing, and and people gave up their houses or or let a neighbor live in it and, and keep it safe until they got out. And then when they got out, people the, the people who had been you know taking over people's businesses and helping them out by by you know keeping them in business or or keeping their, their property safe, refused to give it back. They'd have four or five years in which to build their own lives in it. Yeah, and it was just as much theirs now as it was anybody is is yeah, as so other people it's a, in more you know, yeah. Families lost lost businesses, lost lost all sorts of things. I mean, um and and in its own way that was a blip. Yep. Where where you have you have these people who are suddenly you know, if you look at all the the Jews who were in concentration camps, had no place to go home to. Nope. Um, had no home, and and became refugees. And and the point is made here that that these aren't necessarily refugees. There's somebody who's called a refugee and and really kind of bristles at the at the comment, and and you know redefines themselves as you know sort of a person without a place. Well, I mean, I would think that they. I wouldn't disagree with this, the notion of them being refugees because for them, I mean, like they did have a home and you're just kicking them out of it here, literally. Um, and so uh, we get to the character of Carly um, Morgenthau, mm-hmm. um, which, as a side note here, is one of the nine different characters in the Marvel Universe that's been gender swapped. Yeah, so... In the, in the so in the you comic. don't expect so so we have the the um, the, the I want to call them face smashers what were they? flag uh, smashers yeah, flag, flag smashers yeah flag smashers um, uh, and and their symbol is a red hand a red hand over a globe over a globe and um, 
And she is a she, the yes. head. And a very young one, too. And a very young one, too. And and I will say it's nice to have... I, I found it refreshing to have um, the villain not really be a villain. The I, I, point... The, yeah. Yeah, she's... She, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. She's, she's feeding people. She's... Um, trying to keep families together, together, trying to keep what was the stability of what had been the last five years in somewhat tack. I mean, like if you've lived without, you know, you know, if everyone you've ever known disappears, you know, like you have to create a brand new family out of nothing, literally. And well, then... and she loses both her parents in the blip. Mm-hmm. And and so it's so they they create this really sympathetic um, character character. Who's, who's, who, who certainly is the antagonist, but is not a, a villain. And a point is made mm-hmm. that people will back someone they see doing good in the world. And she is doing good in the world. What, you know, when borders were open and people could, could flow freely, mm-hmm. then you had a global community. Yep. And maybe taking it back, her point is maybe taking it back to what it was, isn't worth it and won't work anymore. Yeah. Which is very similar to the original character. So the original character of Carl Mar- uh, Morgenthau uh, was the son of a Swiss, bank- Swiss banker turned diplomat. And he would have continued to be a diplomat had his father, or he would have continued on the path to being a diplomat had his father not got died in a riot. Um, and as a result of it here, he believe, you know he came to believe that, well, maybe what we need to do is not have borders and countries because that gives people false superiority over other people, you know. And again, not too dissimilar to the way of Carly Morgenthau here at the end of the day, who you know is agree, you know, is in very much agreement here that like during the blip we had five years in which we were a global society, we were a global world at the end of the day, in which where you were from did not necessarily matter as much. You know, at all. You know, hey, you're from Germany. I'm from Ireland. I'm from, you know, China. I'm from India. Like, none of that mattered at the end of the day because we all just happened to have still existed, you know, and we're here at the end of the day. But now that everyone's kind of returned and we're trying to move back to what was normal, you know, well, that's not normal anymore. We've had five years of normal. Well, and, and, and this, and it, it, it asks the question. If you're a superhero, we assume that super superheroes are are motivated on the side of good. That's mm-hmm. what makes you super, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, then how do you do battle with somebody else of character? Well, I think, and I think this is, I think this even harkens back to the Sokovia Accords from Captain America and yeah. Civil War. Yeah. Because Cap's big, you know, because Tony Stark's intention was that like. We need to be responsible to somebody at the end of the day. Otherwise, we're not responsible to anybody. And, you know, anybody... Well, that kind of... Backfires in a couple different ways here, too. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, we need to have... We need to be put in check. We need to be put in... We need to have somebody with oversight over us because we can't just be loose cannon vigilantes at the end of the day. Because you can't guarantee everybody's mentally healthy. Yeah. Or not everybody is. Well, not even so much that everyone's mentally healthy, but you can't necessarily agree that, you know, like... Who's going to support you when things go wrong at the end of the day, you know, which is essentially Sokovia, the thing that happened in, you know, the borders of Wakanda, you know, all that, all that stuff here. 
And then Cap's point here at the end of the day is that, like, the safest hands are with our own hands. We need to be the ones to decide where we go and what we do because sometimes the government may not want us to do that or sometimes the government's going to tell us to go do something that we shouldn't go do. Well, okay, so a point is made in this series that that when you fight war, you're asked to do things that you know are wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the points that, that comes up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... War is very much an amoral sort of thing. At the end of the day, I mean, like it, it, it's very rare. I think, with the exception of like maybe World War Two, at the end of the day, where there were clearly bad people doing bad things. You know, a lot of wars are basically you know this intention of like we're doing something because we believe this is the right thing to do, versus another side that believes they're the right you know they're the right thing to do. How much you know does hatred you know beget hatred beget hatred here at the end of the day? I mean, like it's a never-ending cycle of literal hatred in the form of at least their most recent wars at the end of the day here um if we look at our own timeline but if you go back to the marvel timeline here again i mean it's just that you know war begets war and in the case of the captain america and our superheroes here again the Zakovia accords are literally intended on trying to save you know lives and try to minimize the damage here at the end of the day but very much in the sense that you know you look at you know Carly, you know, Carly here at the end of the day, and she's not wrong. She's not wrong. Well, I, I guess that's what, what makes makes civil, you know, civil war so interesting is that... Um, Neither side is wrong. wrong. They're, just, they're just on a different opposing tangents to that right at the end of the day. You know, yeah. there's a different kind of right at the end of the day that um, you either have to go with or you don't have to, you, do, you don't have yeah. to go with here. Um What's interesting, what's interesting at the end of the day here is very much this, um, you know, that they're playing along with a lot of this, you know, nuance. This is a very gray series, if, if you know, in a lot of different ways. There's a lot of nuance happening. Well, I, so, so what I found was, and the reason why I don't want to spoil is because I, I just really do want people to watch it. Um, it deals with three or four really um interesting topics yeah cogent topics that 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 um are very much reflective of modern society Mm -hmm. and uh in its own way it deals with cancellation oh yeah um the intention of cancel culture yeah um it so it, it it deals with a number of different things there are some um relationships you you kind of don't see coming um, that I think are um, are fascinating. Hmm. Um, so I, you know, I think there's there's a lot there. There's some interesting new characters. There's some interesting old characters. Yes. You you mentioned Wakanda. So we get so we also get the return of uh, Baron Zemo. Mm-hmm. So um, this is the gentleman in who basically basically the villain of. Uh, Civil War at the end of the day, yeah. I think, at the end of the day. Um, who actually comes back with a really kind of fun sort of like... He's he's so flippant. He's, 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 so apparently he's some sort of baron, you know, which like nobody really kind of like picked up on initially. Like yeah. he was a baron and he, you know, has a butler that's been apparently waiting around for like the last like while he's been six, in, seven, eight in years prison. or something while he's yeah. been imprisoned. And he's just like, you know, like, you know, yeah, well, let's go do this. And yeah, I know these people are here and these people are here. It's like, you've been in prison 
in theory, for the last like seven, eight years, even if you got blipped, you were still in the same spot. Well, he was able to do do some things that materially changed the story. Mm-hmm. Um, while he was in prison. Yeah, you know that. You know, again, all, it, while he's in prison under it's like the most max secure it, prison you could theoretically be in. And what's what's interesting is is he is used very sparingly because be easy to go off on a tangent with him. Mm-hmm. He's 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 flippant. He's just a lot of fun, and um, and you never really understand. Who's, he's on his side. I mean, whose yeah. side is he on? He's not on anybody's side. No. He's on his side. Oh, absolutely. Um, and mm. and all. So, um, but they use him. I mean, how many minutes total does he have between this, the six episodes? Well, I, you know, I think they maybe thirty. No, he's actually. I, I think he's actually a fairly important character. Oh no, he's an in, important character, like but the, you don't see him much. No, I, I. He's mostly there by like the third, fourth, and fifth episode. Yeah. Um, and he leaves, I think, fairly early on in the fifth episode. So, right. Um, and you pretty much kind of collect him by, like, the midway point in the third episode. It's more or less the fourth episode where you get a lot of him But even there. there, he's even there, he's not there a lot. Well, he, he's there there, but he's, like, not, like, the he, most, like, driving character in that. He is he's, not the st- straw that stirs the drink. No, no, no. He's, he is definitely the ice cubes, though. Okay, I'll give you that. For for as much as he's key to the storyline, mm-hmm. they use him sparingly. They don't let him overwhelm and take over the story because it'd be easy to have that happen. Oh yeah, given his character, he's fun to watch, um, and it's interesting to watch him play the middle. Yeah, it's very much like. So there's a character in the series here, and. and Sharon Carter, which comes back up, which you, I bet you weren't <laughs> expecting it all. Yes. Sharon Carter comes back in a very kind of unexpected way. Um, but you have, um, you know, this character here in Baron Zemo that basically is just kind of, you know, he's like a, he's like being, he's like a captive prisoner being towed around the world on his dime in a lot of cases, you know, by his whim pretty much. But he's just like, yeah, well, I know the power. At one point, he's got like, like four Avengers on him. Yeah, well, at one well, point okay, he so, escapes so, so, from, and he does. He is, he escaped. Well, we're giving storyline. We can't give okay. storyline. Never mind. Okay, he doesn't. He, he's um, a lot of fun. He's a lot of fun, but um, it's interesting because you do have the the power broker, and that's unexpected as well. Was were you expecting that? So just by the name power broker, you know that that's an evil manipulative person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to find out who it is, what I thought, I thought was a little bit more interesting too. I I was fascinated. Um, so Sharon Carter returns as the power broker. Oh, you shouldn't have given that. Okay. You mentioned her. Okay. Um, not who I expected. Interesting to see mm-hmm. a, a a woman take. I mean, she's sort of. Corella Deville in her own way, um, a very blonde, blue-eyed Corella Deville. Well, yeah. Um, so you have that. You have a new character, the Countessa. Oh, okay. So we can talk about her because there's not a lot to talk about. Uh, Valentina, Allega- no, a Duchess, I believe. No, Countessa. Countessa, excuse me. Countessa, Valentina Alighieri de Fontenia. Or Which he says, he, she says you can call her Val, but don't say it out loud. Just think it in your head. Yeah, like if you got to call, yeah. Which 
I'm always happy to see Julie Louis Dreyfus in in stuff here. Like I was just like tickled to be like, ooh. It's very much sort of a Veep performance. I really do think. Yeah, no. Again, like it really that does same feel, sort of character. But that's almost the character that she played when she was in Seinfeld too, almost. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so she's got. It's, she's got. It's she's certainly got a not a. It's not a departure. It's from 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 who we expect her to be. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to see her play a departure, a more serious role. But it, this is not it. Um, and so she, she's fun, and she introduces herself at a very interesting time, and mm-hmm. comes and comes into the storyline. So in the comics, she is a Shield agent mm-hmm. who's like on the verge of spy, double spy, triple triple spy sort of scenario kind of meandering through there at a certain point here. Um, it's still very curious of what role she plays in the MCU. Cause we see her like, I think all for like five minutes in the entire series here. Yeah. Um, but it was fun, fun five minutes. Mm-hmm. It's at a key, key turning point. It's very much. A, yeah, no, it is at a very key turning point here at the end of the day. It's just rather that, um, you know, I'm very curious of where she stands at the end of the day and what she's going to be doing. If she's going to be used again. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, no. I, she's going to be used, used again. again. Okay. She's very much going to be used again. I just, I'm very curious to see when that happens. Because I'm sure in reality what will likely happen here is that she's going to be appearing more frequently in kind of her same sort of role she is now. Kind of appearing at either crucial moments and working on stuff, you know, but very sparingly being used. Sort of a Natasha and Bullwinkle. Yes. I think just, so. Just saying. Um and again, so to go back to like Baron Zemo here, like one of his big deals um in the series, you know, primarily deals with what is the kind of the interesting thing that I didn't think they'd actually do in episode two. And that's Isaiah Bradley. Okay, so so the so I found I found this really interesting, and 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 he he gets brought up frequently, frequently, yeah, and um, he is an earlier like what time period from the thirties maybe forties fifties fifties no fifties fifties okay because he was in the Vietnam War in oh Korean that's War. okay that's right that's right okay so from from the fifties he is. The original black Captain America. Mm-hmm. So in the comics, um, following the death of Dr. Uh, you know, Dr. Erickin, Eric Kine, and I apologize, I'm probably not saying his name correctly here, um, Erskine, I believe. Um, it might even be the correct way to phrase it. But um, after you know the doctor's death, the super soldier formula basically poofed into thin air. And in the comics... Um, in the mid in the 1940s here, they basically forcibly uh, experimented on about 300 black soldiers. At the end of the day, didn't tell them exactly what they were doing or at all, and just experimented on them with a new super soldier formula. Um, Isaiah was one of the very few ones to survive on. To and survive this is it. built on the actual story. Mm-hmm. Of ex- experimentation on on black men. Yes, the Tuskegee syphilis study. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, which again pays a lot of allegory too. At the end of the day, yeah. Again, he was experimented on um, in the comics. Again, during World War II, he actually stole a Captain America costume, and while being sent on a suicide mission, you know, ended up, you know, surviving at the end of the day. 
only to that when he got back to America, he was imprisoned for life for stealing the Captain America costume and, like, disappearing. Because, again, he's got the super soldier formula in Yeah. It's not until after President Eisenhower, like, leaves office that he gets pardoned um, and then goes to have a very secretive life. Although, in the comics, he ends up meeting, like, you know, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. and all these different figures at the end of the day because um, they recognize him and know of him as being the black Captain America. Um, in the MCU, though, again, he was, you know, and he was a person that they, you know, forcibly experimented on, didn't tell him what they were doing, um, who, um, they gave a rudimentary remaking of the super soldier formula too. Now it's not the same super soldier formula that, uh, Captain America got at the end of the day. It's got flaws in it. They're the entire uh, there's an entire comic book series called the Ultimates, uh, the Ultimate Line series, um, because it was at a point in which, because uh, which came up, I think in the mid two thousands here, because a lot of the characters had splintered off and not were were not quite what they originally had appeared to be yet. Um, the Ultimate Lines was kind of bringing everything back home to a more um, satisfying, more consistent line at the end of the day in the in the Ultimate comics. Um, so like Captain America had been frozen and rewoken, all the X-Men were in the same place at the same time here, you know, like, um, it was basically kind of like a retelling of the original series, but more or less keeping everything kind of more static to what they originally were, you know, so new fans could get into it easier versus, uh, now we're like the X-Men live in San Francisco and like. The Avengers are kind of all over the place, and everyone's got slightly different, you know, origins and not all the same characters around anymore. Um, but in the Ultimate series, almost everything is based off of super soldiers, or the super soldier formula here. You know, Iron Man's armor is an attempt to recreate the super soldier formula, but without having the actual formula here. The Hulk becomes the Hulk because they were trying to recreate the super soldier formula, with the set of vit, uh, the Vita rays, they were using gamma rays, you know? So, like, um, in the Marvel continuity, like, everyone's trying to recreate this formula, this wonderkin formula that only this one doctor in Captain America, knowing Captain America, Steve Rogers, doesn't give it away at all, you know, for any yeah. particular reason. Yeah. Um, well, because absolute power can corrupt absolutely. Well, I mean, I mean the, that's always the risk. Well, the formula at the end of the day as well, I mean, like, if you give it to a good person, you get Captain America. If you give it to a bad person, you get the Red Skull. Yeah, but, the pro but even beyond that, you give it to a good person, they've suddenly got all these abilities, and, and unless your character is absolutely perfect, mm -hmm. the temptation to misuse that is so... It's very stat it's yeah. staggering. Yeah. Um, so in the case of Isaiah Bradley of the MCU universe, um, again, he is experimented on, and he's one of the few survivors of it at the end of the day. He gets, um, the only reason that, you know, we know he exists is because he tried to hunt, you know, he was trying to hunt down the Winter Soldier and fought with him to a standstill. Yeah. You know, um, and then upon returning back to the States here, he was um, imprisoned. Not too dissimilar to his comic book counterpart. Yeah. Um, and as a result of being imprisoned, um, you know, they took away, you know, like almost 50 years of his life. 
Yeah. You know, he is he does have kind of the reduced aging qualities of the super soldier formula. Um not completely though. Not entirely, no. I mean he aged he you know, again, like for a person of the uh, of Oh, you know, he looks like he's maybe late fifties, early sixties. Yeah, give yeah. or take, yeah. I mean yeah. it's not too dissimilar to what I think Captain America at the end of the day, you know. Like by the yeah. time he got up to, you know, seventy year, you know, let's assume like 60, 70, some odd years from when he went back in time to go back to Peggy Carter. Yeah. Um, he, you know, looked to be about his, like, 70s, 80s, give or take. You know, and if you assume Isaiah Bradley, you know, would have been maybe 10, 20 years out from when that experimenting would have been, you know, happening yeah. to him. You know, again, comparative. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so he's also got a son named uh, Elijah Bradley, or Eli. Mm-hmm. Um, who in the comics ends up becoming um, the Patriot because he also has a version of he also has a little bit of the Super Soldier formula in him as well. Right. Um, it's not until he actually gets a full transfusion, uh, trans, blood transfusion from his grandfather, does he actually get like the full power of the Super Soldier formula in the comics. Um, so there's an opportunity here because they are actually aiming toward a lot more. I wouldn't say teenagey sort of Avengers, but or superheroes here, but there's a possibility of a lot of younger Avengers potentially here well, in the I very mean, near future. Well, you've had a lot of success with Petey Parker, so. Well, I mean, you have Peter Parker here. Um, you also have uh, uh, Miss Marvel, which will be yeah. coming up here as a as a TV series, uh, either very late this year or going into next year. Um, she is basically what would happen if you gave. Um, uh, Middle Eastern woman, um, the powers of Mister Fantastic at the end of the day. Like she can stretch and she can warp her body around. She's really cool. Um, I'm hoping. I'm hoping you know that her TV. So not Brie Larson. No, 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 not Brie Larson. No, no, no. Very, very different powers. Although again, you know they are on the work of Captain Marvel too. Mm-hmm. So I'd be very interested to see um, how that kind of shakes out because we'll also get. Um, the other one, one character from um, uh, WandaVision, they'll come back as well. Oh, yes. So there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of cool stuff happening in that Marvel uh, continuity here. But again, um, I, I think we would be remiss if you go to watch it here and not know who Isaiah Bradley is at the end of the day. Um, I mean, was that apparent for you when you watched it? Yeah. I, okay. So so. Yes, um, I, I picked up on the storyline pretty pretty easily, in part because it's just so believable that that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what I thought was interesting was, you know, Sam says, "How could I not have known about you?" And I know I know for me, um, this is the hundred year anniversary of uh, the mass the massacre in Tulsa. Yes, um, and this is the the Black Wall Street murders. Um, the section of Tulsa that was extremely successful, sort of operated on its own, um, that was black, that had beautiful hotels, had um, businesses, you know, all these things, mm-hmm. and and it amazed me because, um, you know, I I would take U.S. history classes or take history classes in college um, because because to me they were easy A's mm-hmm. and um, and all, but. Um, I studied Reconstruction and the Jim Crow era, and 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 even at that time was absolutely appalled um, at what I learned and and some of the things that took place, and in all of that, 
never once was was that incident uh, mentioned. Hundreds of people, hundreds of black people died mm-hmm. in, in in this, and there's you know, mass mass uh, a mass burial that they're digging up right now and trying to identify ancestors. Um, how could I not have? How could I have studied this, gotten an A in the class, and not have heard about that event? There, Never heard about it. There's a, and this is one that I wasn't aware of either. And I actually, you know, you know, really do want to actually go back and rewatch the documentary because I was a little distracted when I, I was cooking dinner when I was watching it. So I was obviously very distracted um, when watching it here. Um, there was a um, black woman with cancer. Um, that they did some experimenting on, and her, um, some of her brain cells, which you know, she had brain cancer at the end of the day, uh, were used to make advances in cancer research. Um, and you know, so when she died, you know, like they harvested, you know, a lot of her body and wouldn't give it back to the family at all. Um, and so this woman who you know, is helping out, you know, God knows number of people here doesn't, you know, clearly never signed up or a lot wanted her body to be used in that particular okay, way. Yeah. But she's, you know, her brain cells, I guess, are like, you know, giving remarkable study and insight into brain cancer and potentially um, future cures at the end of the day. So getting these cells at the end of the day are very valuable and she, her body won't be released. Her body wasn't released to back to the family because of that, you know, like it's, it would, would not surprise me, especially going into like thinking about the, you know, the Tuskegee, um, syphilis study here that like what other things have been experimented on, on other people, you know, that, you know, would reward it here at the end of the day. Well, I mean, it, it, it it's, you know, we were horrified by the idea of the Mendel experiments on Jews mm-hmm. during, during the second world war. Um, and, and, and yet we, we aren't as horrified by our own experiments. No, because I mean, there are experiments at the end of the day. I mean, I, I think, I think you're far more, I think you're far more likely to, you know, there, and, and I can only really speak for myself here, but I think, um, that you're far more horrified by what happens elsewhere than you are here because you feel here that you kind of have to justify it at the end of the day. It's like, well, but. You know, like we're we're developing this research for for AIDS, and we're, you know, we we figured out this study for syphilis, and you know, this work to create the super soldier. We you know we're trying to recreate the super soldier formula because look how amazing if we had dozens and dozens and hundreds of Captain Americas, like look how great we would have been. I mean, even Tommy Lee Jones of you know Captain America, the Winter Soldier, uh, you know, Captain yeah. America, First Avenger fame said, you know. The only reason he wanted to do that, you know, to do that experimentation here was to get a hundred captain, you know, a hundred Steve Rogers here. And he's so, you know, dejected that he only got, that he only got one in the one, and the one's not really even a full soldier that he's just like, ah, come on. You know, like I wanted, you know, hundreds of these guys and you got me one and the one you even got me is not even like a proper soldier at all. I'm not, I can't use him. He's a, he's a lab rat. You're not gonna put him, you're not gonna put what could possibly be the chance to get back the super soldier formula in the war. No, make him a tourist attraction. Make him an experimental sort of thing at the end of the day. Yeah. It, well, okay. And then and then I'm back to 
You don't even really want one. You don't need an omnipotent being. I mean, it, it's it's dangerous. Agreed. No, no, I absolutely agree that it's that it's potentially very dangerous. You know, to have so in I, the wrong hand. Well, okay. So I take this back to one of my favorite um, comics, comics and anime of all time here, which is Death Note. Yeah. You know, so again, in Death Note, um, you know, you have the story of Light Yagami who has a notebook. You know, what what we you know called the death note which basically you write anybody's name in it and they die of a heart attack 60 seconds later so long as you're thinking of the person that you're when you write their name yeah um and so as a result here and there's no trace there's no trace of it nobody knows it's just a heart attack who who investigates the murder of a person who dies of a heart attack yeah you know and so um in the entire bit of that story here like yeah in the hands of a good person you know like that's a really great tool to eke out justice for people who the criminal justice system has either let go because of either technicalities or, you know, these people are, you know, rotting away in a jail for life when they've killed hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people, you know. But at the end of the day here, what we find up finding here is that Light creates himself a very much a God complex and thinks he is the man above all men as he gets to pass judgment on those people. But Zemo has opinions on that. Oh, Zemo's got actually the one of the best. There's a great, uh, there's a great, you know, like banter between him, Bucky, and Sam yep. about music. Yeah. And Sam has got like the best line ever. He's like, you know, he he's absolutely, you know, he's absolutely horrible on the matter here, but he's not wrong. <laughs> which is almost like, which is almost like the absolute slogan for the entire series here. Yeah. He might be horribly wrong. He might be horribly, you know, incorrect, and he might be horribly, like... Don't like their methods. But he's not wrong. But he's not wrong. No. Yeah, and, and so... so, And we haven't touched on, on a couple of the other awesome people who show up, and then we can talk about the the overall theme. Sure. Um, I I love the... Uh, Aya? Ayo? How do you pronounce her name? Oh, um... Ikundye. Um, so this is the Wakandan... Uh, you know, guards that come in. Right. But the head of the the guards. Ikuye. Ikuye. Okay. I believe that's the way you say her name. Um, she makes her... I actually don't know if it's her that makes that return, though. I think it's actually another person. Another person? Yeah. Okay. Um, because we got Wakandans in this as well. We do. Um, Which I, I think it's lovely that you get almost a, a, a sort of a it, its own unique little... Little send up. Well, I like I love the notion that they are still there. Yeah, um, they're always in the background, and they know what's going on in our world since their world is kind of separate. Well, the, well, and the end of Black Panther, which is just right before the events of Infinity War, right, was opening up, and the intention was that they were going to have, you know, um, centers in different parts of the world here, and they were going to be able to they were going to start sharing some of their technology Technology. with the world to, you know, instead of being isolationists, they were going to, you know, be a part of the world again. And, and they do in this share some technology. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, they they share a very, they, they make some stuff. Yeah. They make some stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bucky's arm again, obviously is, uh, you know, a vibranium left arm. Yeah. Which comes into a point later on in the series. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I worry for him because I find it sort of interesting. Like, you just get jackets, 
you know, that don't cover the arm at the end of the day. You kind of got to show off the arm. Yeah. I also like, I also kind of like the black and gold sort of look of the arm as well. Um, versus the very kind of steel kind of look of the original uh, Winter Soldier arm that he yeah. got. So, um, so again, I, I do love that. I do, I do love their appearance on here in in the series here because again, uh, not a pivotal role, but very much a sort of like we need to move the ball role. Well, and and in a way like Zemo, in that they use it sparingly. Mm-hmm. Not allowed to take over. Not allowed. It, but it's but it's key, um, and and here you don't get there's no levity. It was, there's no no. no. If anything, um, actually, like it's very serious. Yeah, no, they they, they don't. We are going to kick ass. Um, but again, strong black women kicking ass. Definitely more of that. Yeah. So um, you you sparingly doesn't take over the storyline, but a welcome. You know, I think I think it's well timed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to, the, the tie-in is logical. Oh yeah, no, yeah. And, um, I thought it was, I thought it was nicely done. Like the red and gold. Well, yeah, the, love the red and gold, gold and silver in there. I love, uh, I actually, what I really appreciate, I think, out of it here at the end of the day, is just so much that, um, they come in at a very kind of interesting point, which is also a little bit of a turning point as well mm-hmm. um, for one of the other characters here, because that's basically what's the catalyst for them. Yep. Yeah, and 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 was that a setup? Well, again, I, what I find very interesting about the MCU and what I think they do a really great job of is utilizing, you know comic book writers at the end of the day to help write these stories. Uh, because again, I mean, like if you, if you look back at these stories, these are very nuanced, very intricate stories at the end of the day. With, because where everything very much lines but up. But knowing the backstory, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily surprising that she shows up. No. It's, it, but had she not shown up, you wouldn't have like missed her. It wouldn't have felt like, Wait, where Why are didn't the... that happen? Yeah, yeah. no, it, 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 yeah. So it was. Why aren't yeah. the Wakandans here? Like, yeah, you if have it asked hadn't that happened, question. you would. Yeah, you wouldn't have asked the question. But when she does show up, you're like, oh, that's right, and 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 it and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it it also, I think, more generally, uh, this was not a cheap series to film. Okay, no. and there are. I mean, if you like action, these are like 40, 45 minutes of an episode, mm-hmm. and um, and there's a good three battle scenes, two at least two good battle scenes per episode, sometimes three. Yeah. So yeah. there there are multiple major battles. I mean, like like so like five minute battles. Yeah, I mean they're not in. There's a lot of stuff that are happening in these here. Lots of dialogue. Lots of dialogue, but there's lots of dialogue, lots of places um, at the end of the day here. Locations. Um, Lots of locations, lots of places. Lots of environments. Lots lots of different daytime, nighttime settings here too, which are not... You know, which are not cheap um, to to do at the end of the day because you yeah. got to have timing, got to have you know access to the sets and everything. Like very much a thing, um, and lots of destruction. 
I, it actually would not say it's quite as much destruction as you would think. I mean, like, it's a lot of that is actually very, I think, toned down. I, more in the destruction of more like, oh, look, this table is gone. Oh, look, this window is no longer here. Versus, I think, you know, like, you go back to but other you've things. You've got columns crushing and crashing and. Not as much. Oh, there's I, quite a bit. Eh. I, I think the most destruction there is, is like a helicopter at one point. Yeah. You know, like I... But there's there's an awesome semi-truck... Uh, fight. Fight, yeah. There's a fight. That, that, that was well done. There's a lot of fights with shipping containers. There are a lot of fights with shipping containers. I like that one guy lives in a shipping container. That I thought was interesting. Well, they've talked about turning shipping containers into tiny homes, so... Well, I've actually know. seen yes. people do that. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's, it was done in uh, quite a bit in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Well, no, there's some there's some places here in America. Or, that I'm are, not Costa Rica, Puerto Rico. There's some places here in America that are um, doing the same thing here as well, where they're taking um, shipping containers, you know, like lining four of them up, bursting out the walls, and making full-on houses out of them. Yeah. You know, so um, you know, again, love love the ingenuity on that as well. Yeah. Because um, in a lot of cases here, a lot of people it works. don't. Well, I always love that a lot of people don't realize that like a lot of hotels are built that way. Actually, yeah, you know that the the that they don't actually like like the rooms are actually pre-made and you know they're on site, but then they're like slotted in. Yeah, so you can build like one hotel. Yeah, so you can, yeah. they're prefabbed and get slotted into the building at the end of the day, almost so yeah. ready to go. Um, so I love that. I love that option here. Um, you know, you do have. Um, you have Lamar Hoskins as Battlestar. This is the Bucky to jo- to uh, John Walker's Captain America. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it, that's an interesting relationship. Talk to me about Torres. I was always suspicious of him. Oh, the army guy. The uh, yeah. army guy. Okay. I I was looking around and he keeps I didn't waiting. Get, well, he's he's very questioning. He keeps asking a lot of questions, you know. Yeah. Um, and I don't know necessarily what happens of him. He's not a Marvel character that I was able to. He was not. He's not a um, comic book character I was able to find right away. Okay. Um, so I I'm not familiar with all of the details on him necessarily. I'm not aware of of anything that happens with him. I'm curious to see where he goes in the MCU because I think he could be, um, I think he could end up being like a like a nice little military liaison. I think he might come back for um, the next Captain America movie potentially. Um, you know, I I really actually would still like to see um, Steve Rogers still. I mean, like even even just an old Steve Rogers, I would still be you know like. I'd love to see him come in as as a counselor. Or as a, counsel, as, a counselor, as, as somebody, or... as somebody, because because clearly there are pressures on on uh, Captain America mm-hmm. that um, that none of us really appreciate. Well, I would find him interesting as a counselor, um, an advisor, uh, some something of that particular nature. Here um, yeah. again, remember in the comics, what he does, he becomes the director of Shield for a while. Um, and while the series, the Shield TV series has ended, and I actually was not keeping track of the uh, of Shield yeah. um, series, but I believe it is actually either on Netflix or on Disney Plus. All of it is. Um, 
It'd be curious where they leave off at because they were dealing with a lot of what was the inhuman related um, items, and even they think they did like Ghost Rider for a season. Um, so I would be curious to see what they do with that character at the end of the day because I do think he will be returning. He's, he's 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 squeaky clean and, and kind of gung ho and um but you're right he 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 it's clearly a character that they that they've made like some investment in even if it's very minor sort of investment so like it's a he's not key wh- but but he's involved mm-hmm. and um he'll come back okay he'll come back in something I I, 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 I don't was, know what his role is I was intrigued. Yeah. I thought, okay, good, we're going to have a Hispanic superhero. Oh, I'm, we're very much overdue for that in the MCU right now. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's what I thought the kind of the setup was. But I wasn't quite sure where where he was yeah. in the whole thing. No, I mean, perfectly... Nebulous. Again, yeah, he would be very nebulous right now. Um, what was interesting is that I did hear rumors that the Fantastic Four... Could be potentially Hispanic. Ooh. Um, although I don't know how they'll bridge that gap uh, with uh, Storm being their last name. So you have Susan Storm, you have, or you have Susan Reed, you have um, Richard Reed, and then you have uh, Johnny Storm. You know, like I, I you, you might, if, if they might find a way to make them somewhere in that particular area, but like, you know, vaguely. I mean, and I actually was talking to uh, one of my colleagues here again. Like, there's a lot of, and I think we did touch a little bit on this last week here as well, that there's a possibility of some of the X-Men characters potentially being um, either gender-swapped or, or racial-swapped here at the end of the day. Um, because I do think you can make, you know, Charles Xavier, you know, um, I believe his name is Edward Almas. Uh-huh. I think you could have him as... Professor Xavier, I think you could get away with that. Um, oh, well, this is perfect. Storm in Spanish is Tormenta. Yeah. You could have the last name be Tormenta. Mm, that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's a lot of opportunities to do that at the end of the day. Um, in the Marvel continuity, because again, I mean, they've, they've a number of characters have been already gender-swapped, and um, we're actually, when we get to... Um, upcoming movie later on this year called The Eternals, there's a number of the characters in that series that were men originally and had been changed to be women instead. Okay, so an overriding question for me would be, is there a lot of pushback from, from fans when they gender swap like this? Carly, Carly was a, a great gender swap. It's mm-hmm. actually easier to believe her focus mm-hmm. because women are viewed as being more compassionate. Well, you did it. You also had it as well with like the ancient ones as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, you had uh, oh, I can't think of her name right now, but you know the actress, uh, Tilton Swinton. Yeah. You know, like again, like the ancient one was originally a guy. You've had um, Marvel. You know, was yeah. a woman as well. Um, I I in much the same way with Heimdall here. Like I think Heimdall was more or less a more interesting case because it was really kind of one of the first times we saw in the MCU where they changed the character here. Um, but f- for what it was back in the day, it was also 2011. Yeah. You know, I think um, as comic book fans now, uh, 
especially in the case of a lot of some of these characters here, like again, like Marvel, I kind of you know I would have seen a little, I would have been more understanding, a little more pushback, but like it comes out of kind of like you know it's a very much kind of a last minute last minute sort of item on there because you're almost like wait your name is Marvel, but wait because it comes up so sparingly versus like Heimdall is like right there in the very beginning of Thor where it's like right almost and yeah. it's still a very pivotal thing throughout the thing. Um, you know, how many people knew that, you know, Carly, you know, Morgenthau was actually Carl Morgenthau from the comics, you know, and like, unless you're like... Really following the comics, you wouldn't know. Yeah, like, I think I think for some of these characters that you just would not know, um, I know when we go to the Eternals, nobody knows who these characters are, myself included. Like, I do not know who these characters are to save my life. Uh-huh. Um, and so if you told me they were originally women, you know, like, if, if you told me that they were originally men, but they're being played by women, I would have been like, yeah, but that's okay. I don't know who these characters are. Are you bothered when you do? No. I actually don't care. I mean, like, I... A good story is a good story? Well, a good story is a good story here, but in a lot of cases here, I'm just happy to see these stories on to getting out in general in some cases here. I mean, like... We have to remember that, like, for a very, very long time, you know, they said that Lord of the Rings couldn't be made into a movie. Yeah. You know, and then when we got it, it was, like, just the most amazing thing ever, you know. And for a very long period of time here, like, you know, they tried to do versions of Captain America beforehand, you know. Like, if you go watch that, those those older versions of Captain America, like, you look at it, it's like, I'm sorry, where is Captain America? Wait, why why are we naming this California guy, you know, yeah. that's not in ice, who wasn't in World War II, Captain America? Like, guys, I'm, I'm losing the track here. Why is the shield clear? Like, in yeah. a lot of cases, you know, before we got to um, the MCU, we had a lot of superheroes where, like, they tried to contextualize it for their point in time, but they really just didn't, they really just ejected a lot of what was the original stories of these characters, you know, it's Captain America, but in, but in almost in name only, um, you know, same thing. They did something similar with the fantastic four. I mean, like, yeah, they look like the fantastic four, but it's not really the fantastic four. Um, and you know, like in a lot of cases here, like, I just don't think we'd ever see, you know, Dr. Strange as anything more than an animated series. If it wasn't for, if it wasn't for the comic books here, I'm, I think what Iron Man, the first Iron Man did was, you know, and especially in the case that, you know, Marvel was very much in the sense of, we're going to make our own movies now, um, that you could show these movies as being, you know, like, again, I mean, all these movies, you know, if you take out the fact that they're a part of the shared continuity, they're still fun and interesting movies they in are. and of themselves. They are. I mean, I think, you know, I go back to, you know, would you really want to see a superhero? But, but you know, you if you go back to the first Superman movie, you go back to um, the first Batman movie, they were tremendously successful. Mm-hmm. They were a storyline we knew. Oh, yeah. And what's nice now is we're getting characters we know with storylines we don't. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, again, if you, especially if you look at the first Iron Man, the first Thor, the Hulk, you look at the very first stories, yeah, those are the stories of those characters that I know, that I know and, I, and that I appreciate a lot. And then you get to like their later stories. It's like, okay, cool. Now that you know Iron Man has met Captain America, how does that make Kim feel, or how does he interact with other stuff? And you know, and the shared you know universe really does feel you know very interested here. I mean, like we're 
Well, who'd have ever, ever thought you'd have have uh, Thor and, and the Hulk, you know, trying to fly a spacecraft, it, or, or you know, or just like as a buddy comedy almost duo, pretty yeah. much like you know, yeah, you know, like Thor. Again, none of neither of them are known for their intellect, with the exception of Bruce Banner. But like the two of them arguing in Thor Ragnarok, you know, yeah. it's just like is like the prime like college frat boy kind of like you know feel oh to absolutely it. and it's it's lovely it's amazingly entertaining when you when it it's works. there too yeah absolutely it works. again I'm I'm really really interested to see where Taito Waikiti uh, takes uh, Thor Love and Thunder you know the next installment here because we're going to get Lady Thor and I'm very curious to see who's playing um. Um, same same guy who played uh, same lady who played um, oh why can't I think of her name she looks exactly like Kira Knight too um, she was Padme in Star Wars things um, oh yeah God why can't yeah, I th- uh, uh, Black Swan um, there we go we we're both frantically looking yeah we're both going. Um, Nellie Portman. There we go. There, we, ah, you got to me first. It was literally, it's like I just saw it here. Let's I couldn't it. remember the last name. I got Natalie. Yeah, yeah. I was, th- I was thinking like it's something with a C. I think. Yeah, no, no, no. Was, so Natalie Portman is going to play um, female Thor. Curious how they're going to get the hammer back, really, um, or is it a different hammer? Because again, in the uh, Thor universe here. Um, you know, will we see? Uh, ooh, that would be interesting if we get to see Beta Ray, Beta Ray Bill. Okay, so I just said a name that my mom just got, you know, mom just gave me this weird look. It's like, excuse me, what now? Um, so in the Thor comic book series, um, there's kind of like this weird lizard guy um, that picks up Thor's hammer. And again, remember that Thor's hammer originally was he who, whoever shall pick up the, you know, who, who, he whoever That's shall be worthy. worthy picks up this hammer shall inherit the powers of Thor. Well, he became Thor for a while, you know, and um, Odin was basically like, oh, wow, cool, you're, uh, you're Thor, you, you can lift up the hammer. Okay, well, I technically really want the hammer to be with my son, the actual Thor, so um, we're going to give you a similar hammer known as Stormbreaker. And that was the hammer that Beta Ray Bill carries around with him uh, to be Thor at the end of the day. Now, um, I think, and I, you know, I, I'm curious where this other hammer will come from. I think it'll have something to do with the multiverse, which has been a topic that's come up in, uh, Loki. Okay. So I'd be very curious where, um, that comes from here. That being said, I also really don't know when, um, I, I think Lord, Love, and, Love and Thunder is coming out in 2020. Two or twenty twenty three, one of those two here. It's early twenty twenty three or late twenty twenty two, maybe summer of next year. Because mm-hmm. again, Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out next year as well, Volume Three. Um, search for um, oh man, so much cool stuff happening in the MCU. Like I just want to get there already. Well, I, I, I yes, you know, I'm Guardians of the Galaxy are my fave, mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to that. Um, That's again, an event, and you've got Loki going, going on. Or... Maybe I'll use that for my first thing in the theater. Ooh. Well, the first thing that's in theory is going to come out in the theaters here is going to be um, 
the Black Widow movie, which again she's finally getting, you know, you know, finally getting. It's her been own in movie. the can for a while. Well, it's been in the can for a while, um, and so, um, but obviously with the COVID virus here, originally I was supposed to go up against um, Wonder Woman here to see which yeah. one would be the better one. I think if we put the two of them against each other, I think we would kind of know which one would have won now. Well, we haven't seen Black Widow, but but um, but Wonder mm. Woman was was that was. It, it missed it missed an opportunity. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think we both agreed that it missed um, um, very, you know, very much opportunities here at the end of the day here. Yeah. Um, as a tangent, one of the things we do, we probably do want to mention here real quickly, um, I think, is that we also hear this week of the the 23rd week of the year here. Uh, uh-huh. We also got our new bachelor bachelorette season. Oh, my, my guilty pleasure. As, as well as mine. Actually, I'll be very honest. My favorite guilty pleasure is to actually say yes to the dress. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, gosh. And, um, and, and, and again, I, the rationale I will explain for that here is that, like, I like watching beautiful women, you know, because mm-hmm. I am a guy. And I think the most beautiful you can get, women typically tend to get, is on their wedding. Mm-hmm. So... You know, you yeah. get to see women in beautiful gowns and stuff like that. Like, I'm a sucker for a woman in a ball gown at the end of the day. I don't know what it is about me. I think it's just something just amazingly classy and, like, you have yeah. to go, like, the extra, like, 10 miles to to get ready for that, you know. Yeah. So you do absolutely look, you know, the most beautiful, you know, at that particular point. I don't know what it is, though. I also just like this notion of, like, you know, like, if I were a girl, what dress would I wear? Yeah. You know, or if I were that girl, like, what? Well, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Something weird in me. Nope, 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 nope. Some, some of the best the best people in picking dresses are men. Mm. You see that on Yes, Say Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. You do see that occasionally. Um, but no, so we had the Bachelorette start this this uh, this week. Um, a number of guys coming out. Yep. Who is your favorite guy thus far? Well, um, this guy dressed like a cat. Um, not him. Um, I don't know that I, I, I think I think the night is the night is young as it were. I like box guy right now. Like box guy, I like box guy too. Well, I think box guy had this horrible idea, but horrible like, idea to almost uh, almost uh, bit him in the ass. So yeah, to speak. Almost, yeah, very much almost bit him in the ass, but like he, don't know what RV guy th- was thinking. If you live in an RV, if you live in an RV, you don't bring the RV and show it to your girlfriend on the first date. You don't really, I don't even think you need to mention that you live in an RV. Well, and I think if you do live in an RV, you don't leave your dirty boxer shorts in the living room. No. So, no, don't, I mean, don't know what he, don't, don't, you don't know. Pur- you purposely hide that shit. But, but they've already set up your villains. Mm-hmm. Oh, we um, have one, we have one. We have one little fight already. And, and, we, and we never really understood what it was about either. Like Apparently they're both from San Diego and they travel in the same group. They don't know each other, but they know of they're... each. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, apparently that's it. You have one of those last season on The Bachelorette. Oh, yeah. Where you, yeah, where you... you had two girls from the same Chicago hood uh, who both worked as bottle girls mm-hmm. in um, expensive lounges. Yeah. And one accused the other of being a hooker. Oh yeah, no, very much made a point of it here, and I think that's actually how we got to Katie being our bachelorette right, here. Right, yeah. Um, we'll say though, like I hope they don't do a lot of more of those events outside because again, they filmed it back in what, like 
late February, early March. It's cold. Well, actually, they filmed it in, um, they started like like 20th of March or so and ended filming in mid-May. Wow, they go through that so quickly. Yeah. They're turning the series quicker and quicker because kind of because they have to because everything's off. Well, everything's all COVID and they're all in the same hotel yeah. property. But I think that yeah. actually works a lot more to its benefit in some cases. Well, you don't Not... have down, down days for travel. Yeah. Well, you don't have down days for travel here. You can basically do... You know, the three days of, you know, what would be dates. Um, Real quick turnaround on those. Everyone's in the same building, so you don't have to, you know, cameramen, camera crews, you know, like, you know, and you basically rent out a hotel that's vying for the business one way or another anyways. I mean, I'm... Well, you're forced to rent a resort where there can be offerings Mm -hmm. on the ground. Yeah, you know, because a lot of these resorts are all just like also somewhat in the middle of nowhere in some cases. Yeah. You know, like far away from anything else. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, but I imagine probably relatively easy to get stuff to there. And and, and they've announced um, some of the cast for um, Bachelor in Paradise and your favorite Victoria's. Oh yes. Yeah. Get Victoria yeah. back here. I could love. I, I would love to get Victoria and Jordan together. Oh, I, I just want to see Luke one more time. Oh. But I know he'll never come. I don't he, think he'll do it. No. Well, no, I don't. I, They'd love to have him, but I don't think he'd do it. No, no, I think he's too wise, smart at this point here yeah. to, to he, do he, that. He got bit pretty hard. Oh. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I mean, I'm, first nights of Bachelor, Bachelor, Bachelorette are always kind of hard to gauge at the end of the day. I they mean, are. Because like you, you'd think that, like, Katie. Too, too many guys. She had 30 guys. Yeah. She let eight go. She's now down to 22, but 22 is still a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's definitely still a lot of guys, but I mean, like, they're going to prune, like, what, another, like, six, seven here by... This next episode, yeah. the next episode here, so now you're going to be down to, like, 15, and then there's going to be another, like, three more after this, now you're down to 12, and then another, like, three or four more after this, now you're down to, you know, eight, nine, and then you're, like, you know, one more week after that, and you're down to, you know, final, like, six. Six, and then four, and then, mm-hmm. yeah. and then it's one at a time. Yeah, no, and really, again... Really eke out those last couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really, yeah. What do you think of the new hosts? So we have we have two women as hosts. Former uh, bachelorettes. Both form, former bachelorettes, so they can they can certainly empathize. I liked at one point here, they were watching out of a window. Like, they were almost like, you know, oh my goodness, I can't believe, like... You almost well, she a... was kind of playing with him too, because she she would meet somebody and, and, and turn, would, like, around, turn around, flash him two two thumbs up. Yeah, no, like it was very. You almost would have thought there would have been like a better vantage point, but I think they staged that there. At one point, they have popcorn with them. Yeah, which I thought was like it was cute. It was just like wow. Yeah, they actually so cliche. Had popcorn, yeah. had popcorn. So cliche, but it worked. No, I think it does, and again, I'm curious. You know, they did the famous line. You know. Sorry, guys. Most it's the last rose. rose. Last final rose. Last final rose. I'm still just like. Have they told us it's the most dramatic season ever? No, I don't think we've seen the ads for that here just yet. Okay. Yeah. Because the the, tra- the the trailers do show her going to book my flight home. It's curious that she made a point of saying that she would have preferred um, that she that guys that were more. Um, having fun with it she tended to appreciate them a whole lot more or, yeah you know and, and at a certain point i was just like yeah okay i get you you know like people that look like they're having fun and there's a lot of 
lot of corniness to a lot of that here. We were just like, oh, wow, no, no, my God, that's so But corniness is always always sold on night one. Mm-hmm. Because because you have to you have to become memorable. Oh yeah. Because your goal is just simply at that point just to be kept. Mm-hmm. So, so lots then, of angst over the first impression road. Well, of course. I mean, like it's that Always. first impression road. It's like, yeah. But again, it's like not even if you get the first impression road, it's not a guarantee you get anywhere. No, there are quite a few that that haven't. No. Quite a few that have too. It's, it's still would have liked to, still would have liked to see Abby as the uh, bachelorette. Yep. I think that would have been a lot more, uh, maybe not necessarily interesting, but I think maybe it would have been a lot more um, inviting. Yeah, well, I mean, I think to, to open it up to somebody um, who has a disability expands the world for people who have disabilities. Mm-hmm. So, well, it um, certainly give you a lot of brownie points in that particular avenue as well, even if you're yeah. just looking at it from like a cynical marketing standpoint. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but oh uh, yeah, again, um, turning it back to the winter sol- uh, to excuse me, um, you know what? Who we haven't really talked about when we talked about um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we haven't really talked a lot about the Winter Soldier at all. Okay, so so which I'm enjoying. Which again, like I love I this really, version of, of Bucky. Yeah, I I really like. He's very likable, which he isn't a character I've particularly liked in the past. Well, I, I like his snark. I do appreciate kind of his you know his. He's got kind of like a little bit of sardonic. Angst. Oh, there we go. Yes, it's very sardonic. Um, but I like how like He's his angsty. I like how like his sub story for him is like, you know, how do I you know cope? You know, how do I get rid of the nightmares when I wake up? Because he's not programmed anymore. He's gotten that programming taken out of him. Right. You know, and but he does still remember all the horrible things that he's been forced to do over the years and it's not well, and, and, and he's he's about making amends really mm-hmm. you know and i find it kind of very interesting that the person that's like the best suited to help him with that actually is the falcon who was he was working in a va hospital literally you know working with you know soldiers getting over traumatic experiences yeah you know he's done that counseling yeah so i think that's um Super interesting from that vantage point to think that, like, well, no, yeah, no, you got the perfect person in there for that. Well, and what's interesting is, is in so many ways, the two complement each other because they do both understand what Steve was and what that that what the pressure what, what pressure is. is, yeah, and and the Winter Soldier very much has that in his own way. Yeah, it, it, and and it, so I almost think like he's a little disappointed that it wasn't him, but he kind of knows why it's not him at the end. Or it of the can't day. be him. No, no, it, it 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 could not be him. But he would be the most logical choice at the end of the day if you were to. He's but but you but you know he got turned and and so for that and that reason there'd always be a question even though it's been removed. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, and that would be the reason why. I mean, like. So here's one of the interesting things that I didn't quite realize prior to going into the series here. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Bucky's actually a super soldier? I did know that. Okay. I always, I'm sorry. Okay. I always assumed he was. I always assumed he was because I, he, I always assumed that he was in the sense that he has the robotic arm and he's... Hasn't aged. He, well, well, not so much that he hasn't aged so much because they, they were keeping him on ice in between different things. Okay. Um, but so much as that, like, he actually has 
not he's not just a super soldier in the sense that he's you know a super soldier, but he's actually got a formula in him. Yes, that part, you know, I wasn't fully cognizant of, you know, because I don't think of Bucky as having as being like superiorly, you know, I think of him as being you know highly athletic and everything too here. Um, I think maybe, you know, as a part of being, like, the Winter Soldier, like, you would be of a similar level to, you know, what would have been, like, the Panther, you know, Black Panther and, yeah. and Captain America here. Um, but I more or less thought it was mostly just the arm that made him a super soldier. And it's, you know, looking back at the first Avenger uh, movie again here, I was just like, oh, no, they did experiment on him. So maybe it was an incomplete version at the end of the day, which is what you tend to see a lot in the super soldier formula these days. Well, I mean, making it right is a little bit like polyjuice potion. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, mean, I think, um, I mean, um, amongst the, you, you get reminded as to how all of, of that got removed from him as well um, as part of the series, which I thought was sort of a nice harken back. Well, I think it's a nice closure for the character on a certain level here yeah. as well. Like, you know, that part of him is being kind of, wrapped up a little bit as far as like you know hey yeah bucky's still around and um really appreciated him you know this it's so interesting i saw in him what steve saw in him in this series oh yeah which i hadn't seen before oh yeah very much you know like um i absolutely greatly appreciate that aspect of him here as well um it's it's remarkable to me of how many characters keep coming back in what is the captain america version of the universe here Mm mm-hmm because um, you know, if because if, I mean, it feels a lot of which if you're watching like Thor, you're definitely going to get like you know Odin, you're definitely going to get Heimdall, Loki. Um, versus if you're working with um, Iron Man, you're going to get a lot of Pepper, you're going to get a lot of um, you're going to get Peter Parker potentially in there, or you're going to get um, other I, other characters that kind of come other in that same uh-huh. kind of shared sort of you know yeah. vestige of them. Um, and so it's remarkable that you get so many characters keep coming back in Captain America here, you know. like You have a number of them that come back in this particular series. Mm-hmm. And, and again, nicely nicely done and with logical tie-ins. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, so that part's kind of nice. Yeah. So we're going to post um, the notes for these characters on our website at thenerdtutorialpodcast.com so you can follow along with all these different characters. Because, uh, again, I think it would be useful if you're watching... Um, the show here to realize who these characters are going into it here. Yeah. Um, and hopefully we did not demonstrably spoil the char- anything that happens no. here at all. I think we did a... Love, love the inclusion of Sharon Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like the introduction of the Countessa. You're right, she's not on it very long, but still. She's, she's going to be... She's making moves somewhere along the way. Yeah, she's set up, basically, mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. Is, is how I viewed it. Um, being being set up for, for greater and better things. Oh yes, very much so. Um, so I so I thought that was interesting. I liked liking the Winter Soldier. Yeah, I liked it, liking Bucky. Yeah, because up till now I haven't really liked Bucky. Well, you haven't been a huge fan of Captain America for the most part. No, don't like Captain. He, 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 he's smug and a little too perfect for me. Yeah. Although not not certainly not the John Walker version, but you know. Hey. I actually like the John Walker version. Do you? Because oh, yeah. he's flawed? I, I appreciate a more flawed character. I mean, like, I liked... I, I like characters that show their flaws as being, you know, like, integral to their characters here. I mean, like... And I hate to harken back to what is 
you know, a very kind of cliche thing here. But again, you go back to looking at um, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, mm-hmm. and the characters are very much, you know, like, Applejack is a very hardworking pony at the end of the day. She, you know, is very hardworking, believes in a lot of hard work. That is also a detriment to her own character at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, that she is so hardworking because she doesn't know how to turn herself off. She doesn't know how to have fun. And she can't understand other people who don't want to work hard but want to work smart. You know? Um, You look at Rarity. Rarity is a pony, you know, is a unicorn at the end of the day that is a glamour puss at the end of the day. And that incurs her to be, you know, a little bit prissy and very kind of, oh, look, dirt, ew, you know sort of things at the end of the day, but it's very much an integral element of her character. Pinkie Pie is weird and crazy, but she's also weird and crazy. Yeah. You know, and so you don't know if she's being serious or you don't know if she's being um, sardonic or anything in that particular character. She is very much her own wild card at the end of the day. That's also a part of her charm and also an annoyance for her as well. Yeah. You know, and when well, I see John, it, Wa- and yeah. when I see John Walker at the end of the day, I see... Here's a person that is striving really, really hard to live up to the values of Captain America. He's also striving really, really hard to live up to the ideals of Captain America. That's also a burden just as much as it is a work at the end of the day here, too. Well, I, you know, and, and I can remember years and years and years ago being told, okay, so when you're in a job interview, um, people will ask you, you know, what's your, what's your strongest character and what, what is your biggest fault? And, and it only makes sense to have them both be the same. My strongest character is that I'm really picky about having everything done right. I will take the extra time, the extra step to have everything done absolutely right. Mm -hmm. It's also my biggest flaw. I want it right because it's got my name on it. Mm -hmm. But it's also my biggest flaw because sometimes when it's not important to other people, I spend excess time on it and it makes it harder for me to delegate to others. Oh no, I don't. I if you so were, so my greatest strength is my greatest flaw. And for and, me, for me, it's going to be you know like I, and I know that exact feeling because I know you've talked to me about that beforehand as well. Yeah. Um, I know mine is going to be that like I feel like I have to know everything. You know, like I do have to feel like I got to know everything about this one particular series or I got to know everything about this one particular process here in the day. Um, you know, in my flaws that I spend a lot of time researching a lot of stuff, but I might not make the actions right away. But when I go to make those actions at the end of the day here, or people come and ask me stuff, I know everything. Yeah. You know, and everyone, you know, I know how to do everything. I know how everything should be working. I know what the proper way to do stuff is. And so when I go to do an action and when I go to do something here, like you're darn certain that it's going to be correct at the end of the day. And I'm going to give you, you know, the most perfect, correct version of whatever it is you've asked me to do at the end of the day. But I know that for me, I have to, you know, literally know everything about it. So I have to, you know, Takes but it me. also sets an expectation for how you expect other people, and that isn't always a realistic expectation. Mm-hmm. So so it makes sense that John Walker's greatest strength is that he really wants to be a good, a good Captain America. And that his flaw great, is also that he really wants to be a really good Captain America. America. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I appreciate, and, you know, and again, it's characters like that that I appreciate at the end of the day. I mean, like, again, if you go back to Steve Rogers at the end of the day, this is the best possible person at the end of the day, you know, like... It's really, really hard to like fluster him or get him knocked down at the end of the day. Well, he's not gonna he's not gonna re- respond impulsively. No, but but he's I, not gonna let his emotions get out of control. Mm-hmm. No, but what I appreciate, I think, a lot about the character is, is that his morality gets tested an awful lot, and he always strives to be 
the best moral person physically possible, but a lot of that still kind of goes counter to what is the rest of the world, the rest of what the rest of the world needs him to be at that particular point, you know? And that's what I kind of really appreciate about Captain America at the end of the day is that, you know, we need you to be Captain America. We need you to be the best American ever, not the best person ever, the best American ever, you know, America first almost. Um, Again, even going back to what is John Walker here, like John Walker was kind of written with the intention of being the antithesis to um, Steve Rogers, you know, in the comics, you know, in the comics, John Walker is this um, character that kind of at the end of the day is meant to be this hardline militant conservative version of Captain America where, um, you know, the intention that like he would put America first over everything else, you know. Uphold, very gung-ho. A very gung-ho, uphold the values of the American ideals at the end of the day, versus where Captain America would be doing the right thing at the end of the day. Maybe not necessarily the right thing that the government would like him to do, you know, like maybe be a little bit more, you know, maybe, you know, Steve Rogers of what was the mid-1980s was more progressive-leaning and more progressive in his, what he felt was his duties and roles at the end of the day, versus where... John Walker, at the end of the day, is more, you know, conservative, militant to what the government tells him to do. I did what you asked me to do. Yeah. Well, and, and the interesting thing there is that that Steve Rogers is humble. Oh, yeah, no, no. Steve Rogers is very humble. John it, Walker, less so. Is, is not. I mean, he, he's very much, I was chosen because I'm the best. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, won't you recognize that I'm the best here and get, just get along with me? Yeah. Come work with me, you know, like... Well, and part of and part of his rub with Sam is is well, you didn't you didn't choose it. Yeah, you you know you had the opportunity you had the opportunity to carry the shield with you and you didn't because you clearly believed that you couldn't. You know, and but I, I can. can. Yeah. yeah, I love a good flawed character. Again, that's what yeah. a lot of people come back to me and ask me, "What's your favorite? You know, what's your favorite? You know, MCU you know MCU character here? Like when, after you pick Doctor Strange, the second one is going to be Thanos." Because yeah. Thanos thought what he was doing was right at the very end of the day. Again, like, very much, you know... Less sympathetic than Carly, though. No, very much less he sympathetic. He wasn't wrong. He's not wrong. Just the, whatever method he's going about doing it is, you know, is what's dangerous. And that's what the thing with Carly here at the end of the day. She's not wrong, you know, at the end of the day here. Um, but she's not Gandhi or, or Martin Luther King. No, no, yeah, she's not Gandhi or Martin Luther King. She's not, you know... She's no, a Desmond Tutu or... Uh, no, no, no uh, you know... No, Nelson Mandela. Uh, no civil yeah. unrest for her. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so again, all the notes will go on our, pod, our on our website here. We also continue the conversation on our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash tutorial podcast. And if you have any um, interest in looking into... So I'm actually going to start following a lot of the more Disney Plus series. So like Loki, mm-hmm. Winter Soldier, so... Uh, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision. So I'm going to start following those Twitter accounts as well on our Twitter page at nerd underscore tutorial. Um, so that way, if you want to see, if you want to drop us a line about what you think would be future episodes or um, if you want to see what some of the previous things that we were following here, like very interested to see what Robert Pattinson's version of Batman is going to look like here. Uh, I know a lot of that got delayed due to COVID, but it should be hopefully coming out here later this year. So, we'd be curious to see what that looks like. Uh, Always interesting. Going to have a Black Commissioner Gordon. Ooh, ooh, I like that idea. Yes. Again, um, 
happy to see one. I, I want to see somebody really explore the, the, the conflict that must be in Commissioner Gordon to use a vigilante mm-hmm. if, if you are representing the law. Yeah. That never really gets explored. No, actually, that would be kind of very a very interesting thing here at the end of the day. You know, like... Yeah, because again, do you allow vigilante justice? Do you allow actual people who were... Well, know, and if you allow vigilante justice, how do you control who, who designates themselves a vigilante? Mm-hmm. Who's to say this vigilante's right and this vigilante's wrong? Or who's to say that Batman doesn't go and do something, you know, that he thinks is right but you think is very much wrong? Which has come up in the comics before. I mean, like, they've, you know, Commissioner Gordon... And Batman have had uh, very opposing views in the past uh, regarding that here. It's um, just an inherent conflict. Oh, it, it also, if you really just want to have a fun time watching something in the um, uh, Batman universe here, you have to watch Harley Quinn. Yes. Yeah. It, the Harley Quinn animated and, and series. And, well, well the, the live action's pretty good, too. The live action, uh, yeah, so Birds of Prey... Um, in, they're coming out with a new um, Suicide Squad with John Cena. I'm really excited to see that because I love John, I would love seeing John Cena as a villain or as a bad guy. There's a future episode in in um, in uh, in wrestlers that have um, jumped Res- jumped over to uh, wrestlers turned uh, turned actors. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like that's actually a good good future topic. Yeah, I do think that's a very great topic. Uh, Especially because there's been a lot of interesting news in the wrestling world here too, so that should probably yeah. should probably jump back into wrestling here soon. Yeah. Um, to give a kind of heads up on that one here. Yeah. Oh, I love that idea here. Um, so, but um, I think that'll be it for us here today. So, on behalf of myself and my mom, we still hope that you stay safe out there in these weird times. But we'll see you guys again next time. Bye.